Thinking aloud. Conversations on the leading edge of knowledge and discovery with psychologist Jeffrey Mishlove. Hello, I'm Jeffrey Mishlove. Today we are going to explore psychic criminology and with me is psychic detective Nancy Dutertre, who is author of Psychic Intuition, Everything You Wanted to Ask But Were Afraid to Know. She is also the author of How to Talk to an Alien. In addition, she is a corporate attorney specializing in securities litigation. Welcome again, Nancy. Thank you, Jeffrey. A pleasure to be with you once more. You know, I have a master's degree in criminology uh, from Berkeley, UC Berkeley. It took me three years to get it, but you spent, I think, uh, almost a decade or maybe more than a decade studying with a professional psychic detective in order to acquire your skills in that area. I started out not thinking that that's what I was doing. Mm -hmm. uh, it sort of evolved into that. It was, yeah, it was about, uh, it was close to 10 years mm -hmm. with uh, a well-known psychic detective, uh, Nancy Orlin Weber. Mm -hmm. um, she has a, um, she's been given an honorary badge for uh, by the uh, State Police of New Jersey for her work mm -hmm. uh, in psychic detective work. So I was sort of apprenticed to her for that amount of time. That's a long time. That is a long time. Mm -hmm. um, but I, as I said, I didn't go into it thinking that that's what I was going to be doing. Mm -hmm. I thought I was simply observing to uh -huh. see how she taught this, mm -hmm. to see if it could be taught, yeah. and then to see what kind of things you do, what kinds of skills you need in order to become a psychic detective. Mm -hmm. Well, it's not for everybody. I think it takes, to be any kind of a detective, psychic or regular detective, you need to have uh, a certain constitution where you're, you're yeah. willing to confront, uh, to put it bluntly, evil. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, I think, I mean, there, there are different specialties for different types of psychics. Most people don't realize that. Mm -hmm. I think most of them prefer to go into sort of the healing arts yeah. or the spiritual, you know, the readings mm -hmm. and, or prophecies or that kind of thing. There are not that many people that are cut out for this mm -hmm. uh, because you are dealing with evil. You're dealing with, and you're dealing with it on a very, very personal level because that's how you get your data. You're getting you're, inside, essentially, the consciousness of an evildoer. Yeah, either that or you're showing up at a, usually kind of a an unpleasant mm -hmm. crime scene. Yeah. Uh, you're mentally showing up. Right. And you have to experience it with mm -hmm. all of your senses. Mm-hmm. Occasionally, I mean, I do remember one particular case. Uh, we were shown photos of, uh, it was, a, I think, a young girl. She couldn't have been more than about eight years old or so, who had been really brutally murdered. Mm -hmm. And uh, the photo showed her all, you know, tied up and with leaves and stuff from having been semi-buried. Uh, and... Um, I ended up connecting mentally with the uh, the perpetrator, mm -hmm. and it was 
I, I being inside that mind, yeah. they, that's what it felt like mm -hmm. to me, was so disgusting. Uh, I mean, I, it, it's, it's hard even to describe it. All I wanted to do was, you know, take about a million baths after that, mm -hmm. and that wasn't going to do it. Yeah. So there's certain uh, techniques that you use also to sort of cleanse yourself mm -hmm. of that experience because it lingers mm -hmm. and it's nasty. Well, and my understanding is that many psychics, even doing a conventional reading with a normal person, would want to do some sort of cleansing of themselves afterwards. Well, that's interesting you're saying that because I it, maybe I'm just, I go into this with a different attitude, mm -hmm. but I've never done that. You've, you haven't. I simply mm -hmm. don't. Yeah, but some do. Many do. Mm -hmm. Most people believe that you have to cleanse. And yeah. I mean, I know people who are doing, uh, you know, they do Reiki or other types of uh, healing things. And if they're switching clients, they're cleansing. Mm -hmm. For whatever reason, I figured my attitude uh, was good enough to keep me, you know, above that. Mm -hmm. Except when you, you come into these hardcore situations. Yeah. And mm -hmm. that's when it, uh, it sort of dawned on me. Maybe I was naive. Mm -hmm. But it dawned on me that I needed to do something to uh, keep myself separate, yeah. which is very hard. And by the way, one of the uh, you you didn't mention that I also uh, helped uh, I co-wrote the memoirs of a retired New York City uh, homicide detective, mm -hmm. and uh, it was to me it was very very interesting. Who also had psychic gifts, as I recall. No. Oh, no. Okay. No, no. Very intuitive. Mm -hmm. In fact, uh, you know, some of the most intuitive groups of people are police officers and nurses. Mm -hmm. um, no, he was, he was intuitive. He had only worked with psychics m once or twice. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, they tend to fall into categories. Either they're willing to work with you mm -hmm. or it's you know, no way. Yeah. Not touching that. Well, I can imagine many police uh, would feel embarrassed by being associated with a psychic for any number of reasons. But, but even in the best of circumstances, you're likely to be laughed at. You're likely to be laughed at. Mm -hmm. But you know what? You're, you're going to be laughed at if you're doing this kind of work, if you're associated with this kind of work. Or, or whatever. But the fact is, it doesn't really matter. If you're getting results, you're getting results. Mm -hmm. And that's what the only thing mm -hmm. anybody should be looking at. And I think uh, it's probably important in your life story that you're also an attorney. You have a, you have a, a, a real career. <laughs> yes, I have a real career. Yeah, a few of them, actually. Uh -huh. um, yeah, so it, do it doesn't bother me. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm willing to... I don't, I don't mind getting laughed at. In fact, sometimes if you're getting laughed at, it's the best thing for you mm -hmm. because it's, it's means people are uh, curious but bothered. Yeah. Well, it, it's understandable that, that people are going to have strange emotional reactions. They might get angry or they might make fun of you because they're confronting something they don't understand. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think part of you know, what's propelled me into a lot of these psychic realms mm -hmm. is is to be able to teach people about it and to get people more comfortable with the concepts. Mm -hmm. It's not strange, supernatural, uh, voodoo type of stuff. It's absolutely real, and everybody has the capability. 
And you're the demonstration of that because you weren't a person with noticeable psychic gifts before you began your training. Yeah, I didn't have any as far as I knew. Mm -hmm. And as I said, when I started uh, first my the sort of uh, apprenticing, mm -hmm. uh, I thought I was just an observer in this group. Yeah. And I was just, and I would play along, you know, if, if we were, uh, I mean, there was uh, one example. Uh, we were a small group of, uh, I think we were all women, the group that stayed together for a long time. Mm. And uh, our Nancy Weber would hand us a piece of folded paper. Yes. Your job was to hold it, feel mm -hmm. the vibrations, whatever that meant. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, I thought you were supposed to feel something like this, uh -huh. uh, which, of course, you don't. It's a whole different concept. Much more subtle. A, a little bit more subtle. <laughs> no. And, you know, you'd pass it around the group, mm -hmm. and that was it. And then you would have to write down whatever your impressions were, uh -huh. having no idea. You didn't even know what the topic was. Mm -hmm. The only thing that you knew was that you were in a workshop setting involving psychic detective work, period, mm -hmm. end of story. That's mm -hmm. all you knew. Now, the probability is, yeah, you're probably working with a homicide, but not necessarily. There were missing people, missing animals. There were sexual assaults. There were, I mean, a, a bunch of different things. At any rate, I wrote down what I got, and uh, I, I think I'd written down, um, I, I saw a particular uh, landscape with a little bit of snow, a lot of young sapling trees in sort of the sparse kind of forest. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I'm looking at this, and I'm thinking, okay, well, I guess maybe this is where a, a crime scene happened. Mm -hmm. And uh, I see a large eyeball. I don't know what that means. Mm -hmm. I write that down. Mm -hmm. I see... Your uh, eyes are closed when you're doing this? No, my eyes are open. Uh -huh. And it's what... Anybody normally would say, using your imagination, mm -hmm. you're just looking, yeah. allowing your brain to kind of follow wherever it's going to go. You follow your brain. You don't tell your brain where to go. That's the difference. Mm -hmm. And um, I saw a, a scarf, I thought maybe belonging to a young girl in this young forest with, you know, young trees. And at some point, I see uh, body parts mm -hmm. appearing underneath the light layer of snow uh -huh. and it, I begin to look at it in my mind I get a little bit closer I see there's some blood and I think ugh, I don't want to go there shut down turn it off that's the end of my little scenario mm -hmm. and that's what I got from holding a folded piece of paper mm -hmm. so at the end of this uh, our teacher said okay what did everybody get and everybody shares and everybody got something different mm -hmm. what I've learned is if you put 10 psychics in the same room, you're going to get usually 10 different scenarios. Sure. The question is, can they all be right? And the answer is yes. Because if you're looking at a globe mm -hmm. from 10 different angles, mm -hmm. you've got 10 different pieces of that globe. And usually that's what happens. At any rate, it turned out mm -hmm. Yes, there was, it was a homicide. Mm -hmm. Yes, the, it was, this particular body was dumped, apparently, um, by the perpetrator in an area that was exactly the way I described. Yes, the, the body parts were visible the way I described. 
No, there was no young girl involved. Although my teacher, who was always trying to be uh, positive, because mm. you have to do that in this field, yeah. she said, well, I think maybe uh, you, that was the daughter of this victim. The eyeball that I saw wasn't literal. It was it was symbolic. It mm -hmm. was figurative. And mm -hmm. that's another thing. When you're doing this work, you have to distinguish what's literal and what's not. How do you do that? I don't know. Um, some I think you do it through experience. You mm -hmm. begin to learn. At some point, you're just able to discern. I think so. And mm -hmm. I think the fact that I my imaging of this scene was so literal mm -hmm. and this vision of the eyeball was so large, it had to be symbolic. Mm -hmm. it, it was... Anyway, it turned out that um, I had interpreted it as a witness. Mm. Turns out there was a an accomplice mm -hmm. who had helped dump the mm -hmm. victim's body. Mm -hmm. And when my teacher turned over the piece of paper, she said, I'm going to read you what's on this piece of paper that you all held. Yeah. Was written the word young. Now, I had used the word young repeatedly. Young trees, young forest, mm -hmm. young girl, young, young, oh, yeah. young. I thought I was describing something. Mm -hmm. Young turned out to be the name the police suspect. Mm. So, your, your brain won't, your literal logical brain isn't necessarily going to take you down the pathway you think. Mm -hmm. In other words, you're going to go somewhere that might seem completely illogical to you, and even later might seem illogical, but you've got to keep pursuing it. You have to. Mm -hmm. That's the name of this game. Mm -hmm. You you have to pursue it. Most And by the way, most people, uh, the minute they see something illogical, they shut it down. Yeah. Oh, no, that doesn't make sense. You know, it would have made sense if we're in the middle of summer. No, it has to be, mm -hmm. you know, a nice sunny day out with mm -hmm. no snow. Mm -hmm. it, you're not sensing at that point. You're thinking. It seems as if your teacher was very skilled in creating an atmosphere where you didn't shut it down, where you kept going for nearly a decade or perhaps over a decade. Yeah. And I never understood, you know, reading about all the, you know, the, the psychics and the debunkers. I couldn't understand what's the problem having a skeptic in the room? Mm -hmm. What's the problem having negative people? Who cares if you have a strong person? Mm -hmm. Well, it actually interferes. Yeah. It really does. Because this material uh, is so delicate. It's, it's very, very fragile. And to even explore to go into it, you have to have 100% freedom to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, at the same time, you have to be open to the nuances, the subtleties, the delicacies of it, and yet able to withstand the intense horror and emotion that might come up as well. Yeah, yeah. I, another example I'll give you, um, I... We were dealing with a, I believe, a spirit of a pedophile. Mm -hmm. Now, I I don't like to channel. Mm -hmm. I'm, I just don't like it. I don't want to give up the vessel. I'll communicate. Mm -hmm. I have no problem doing that. But you do consider yourself a spiritual medium. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. But that's different for you than channeling. Yes. Mm -hmm. Channeling is when you step aside mm -hmm. and you say, go ahead, 
use my body, use my voice, use whatever you need to, you can step in. I won't do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just me. Yeah. Uh, but I'll, I'll talk. At any rate, I started to feel my, I could feel this pedophile energy mm-hmm. of this person mm-hmm. beginning to, I could feel myself beginning to channel. Uh-huh. And I could feel, uh, you know, I was in my head, I could feel curse words, I could feel a whole different emotional attitude towards yeah. people. It was a disgusting. This is a deceased person. I that was so. a deceased person, mm-hmm. but a criminal. Yes. There are things like that you don't want to touch, you don't want to go near. Most people don't realize you can, you do have the capability of shutting it down. Yeah. And I think that's the fear. A lot of people don't want to go into this field. They're afraid once you get in, you, you lose all control. You might go crazy or people will think you've gone crazy. Well, that part I don't mind. Uh-huh. They can think whatever they like. Yeah. It's because you have a good, strong sense of yourself. Y- you have to. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't be doing any of this work if you don't have a good, strong sense of yourself. And actually, I'm very happy with my my background in in psychology Mm -hmm. because it's helped me understand what's insanity and what's an exploration. Mm -hmm. And there's a difference. And a lot of times, it's very subtle. Sure. Many great creative artists go into states of creative frenzy that might seem very similar to insanity, but uh, the product may be a a wonderful masterpiece. Absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about what it's like to work with police, because being a psychic detective, whether you're working with police or family members, you become part of a, a social group that is endeavoring to to solve a problem. And uh, I'm certainly under the impression that everybody who you work with uh, can contribute to the success or failure of the endeavor. Yes, and I'm glad you put it that way, because I think there are an awful lot of so-called psychic detectives out there Mm -hmm. who uh, are thrilled by their own success. Mm And once they get a a direct hit, they're successful in whatever it is Mm -hmm. they've come up with, they want to take 100% credit. And that that bothers me Mm -hmm. because the way I view a psychic detective is we are simply an investigative tool, Mm -hmm. like any other tool that the police have in their tool chest. Mm -hmm. And you just, you're there to contribute, you're there to... Uh, find evidence if you can, um, or give them, uh, information or clues that are going to help them on their investigation. But you don't, as a psychic detective, you don't solve a case. Mm-hmm. The police solve the case. Yeah. One of the things that you've written about that I found interesting is that you like to get feedback when you come up with information. You like yeah. to have the, um, people you're working with give you some feedback about it so that you can continue to work on it and and dig a little deeper into uh, the direction if it seems like a promising direction. That's what helps me. That's the way I work. Mm -hmm. Um, I used to be concerned that if you allowed information uh, to come into your psychic realm, that somehow you'd polluted the value of your psychic information. Yeah. I mean, I know remote viewers try to be very careful Absolutely. not to know anything at all about the target. Right. 
Mm-hmm. Right, and I'm familiar with it, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. And and you can get excellent information that way. And you, when I'm doing uh, just regular readings, um, I don't want information about people. What I do want, because I do something, I, I don't know of other psychics who do this, I do an advanced reading. Mm-hmm which is a, f- a little bit similar to remote viewing. Yes. Uh, it, but what I need are questions because mm-hmm. questions allow me to focus. Mm-hmm. Getting feedback for me is key mm-hmm. because that propels me onto the next thing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's giving me a little bit of a, um, a flashlight to, mm-hmm. to see the pathway in front of me. Mm-hmm. And, and I find that useful. Uh-huh. And you find, because I know it's important for you to put your logical mind out of the picture, so you're able to do that. Yes, as long as I don't get too much information. Mm -hmm. If I get too much information, I'm going to start thinking, Mm. because that's my natural tendency. Uh So it's uh, it's about that perfect balance. Absolutely, Mm -hmm. yeah. Another thing that you've pointed out with regard to the whole profession of psychic criminology is is that there are now thousands and thousands of unsolved murders that are, I guess, known as cold cases in in the business. Uh, the police just have no leads at all. Uh, the, these are cases that might well be amenable to. Uh, psychic criminological uh, investigation. It's sort of like a double-edged sword mm-hmm. because there's so many of them. In fact, a, a detective who I have worked with, um, that's he deals with uh, cases of, of missing children and yeah. they, they're in the you know hundreds of thousands a year now. It's just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. The problem is you have limited resources with the police and law enforcement. And if you get too many psychics in the mix, giving you clues that are a little bit all over the place, you don't have the resources to go tracking down each one of them. Right. So it's almost, you know, they, I think in some, some ways prefer not to know mm-hmm. unless you give them something that is so absolutely, you know, dead on accurate that they, they know it's true mm. to start with. Uh-huh. And then they'll, They'll run with it. Mm-hmm. Well, you mentioned there are maybe thousands of people out there calling themselves psychic detectives. And yeah. we don't have good statistics on uh, how successful they are. I know I have personally been involved in cases that have been successful. And uh, I worked with a, a woman now deceased, uh, Kathleen Ray in California, who had... Uh, maybe 30 or 40 uh, badges from different police departments uh, that she had worked with. She had a very good track record, and I've interviewed law enforcement officials who worked with her successfully. Uh, But not everyone uh, has a track record like that. And and for police, it must be kind of mystifying. They're not necessarily equipped to... um, integrate the whole field of parapsychology and uh, psychic work. Not at all. And on top of that is dangerous. And this Mm -hmm. is what I tell a lot of people who say, oh, I want to be a psychic detective. You know, I I think such and such, you know, happened in in a case. Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to call up the police now and tell them. And I say, you know what? Hold on. Because if you're really good and you don't have a relationship, you could be arrested. 
Yes. Uh, and that's, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I have a good friend of mine who visualized an absolutely horrific case mm-hmm. um, where a young child was uh, raped and murdered and put under the floorboards mm-hmm. of a location. Mm-hmm. And she saw this for day after day after day. And she sent a friend of hers out to the location that she had mm-hmm. seen in her mind. And her friend was, I think, hauled off by the FBI. Mm-hmm. You have to be really careful about what you offer. I've heard of other instances just like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so it's a little bit a question of, you know, how do you, how do you get the track record? Mm-hmm. It's a little bit, you know, chicken and the egg. Well, you did uh, probably, you took the right step by apprenticing yourself to someone who already had the chat track record. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And and so that was a little bit, you know, uh, the, uh, the the business card to, to make the entrance into mm-hmm. that field. Uh, but I understand that you yourself and many of the psychic detectives that I know about will work with police without charging anything. I've never charged anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and in those cases, and as I said, they're, they're usually homicides. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that I look at it, it's a public service. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wouldn't feel right charging for it. It's something you're called to do, I guess. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's an unusual profession. It's not uh, when you're in high school studying all the different professions, uh, what are you going to do when you grow up? I don't think becoming a psychic detective... <laughs> that wasn't even, on my list. It doesn't get on the list. Um, but it's something that I, I know people, very special people get somehow drawn into or called into this work. And um, I can say as a uh, criminologist uh, and even as someone who has testified in court on behalf of a psychic detective... Uh, because of my background in parapsychology and uh, criminology, there is a reality there. And it, this is one area in which uh, there's a real human need. And when the need is strong, it strikes me that uh, psychic functioning works at its best. Absolutely does. And uh, if you're dealing with emotions that are that intense, and it could be the intensity of the emotions as mm-hmm. a person is killed, yeah. or the intensity of somebody killing, mm-hmm. or the intensity of the family members who are grieving. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a it's like a, a psychic magnet. A telepathic beacon. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It, it just it it takes you there much mm-hmm. faster yeah. than if, for example, you're dealing with financial issues or, mm-hmm. you know, am I going to make a lot of money next week or right. whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, Nancy Duterte, thank you so much for sharing this half hour with me and and your work in this very important area. Thank you. I appreciate it. And thank you for being with us. 